I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, all right. Welcome back to After Reality. It's your host, Courtney Robertson, here. I hope everybody's doing well today and recovered from Thanksgiving. I don't know about you, but I'm always kind of glad when it's over. And now we can just gear up for Christmas. We got to go get a tree. I've been working on our Christmas cards. And holy mackerel, guys, I can't believe the cost of things. The cost of living has gone up so much. I was working on our Christmas cards and all these little things are upcharged since the last couple of years. So I've been debating whether or not to do a Christmas card. I'm not sure if it's in the budget. Anybody else? But I love getting Christmas cards in the mail. So I don't know. Anywho, I'll probably do it. And today we've got an action-packed show for you. I am so thrilled to be talking to the cutiest cutie pie, Susie Evans. And we talk about her time on The Bachelor. She shares some stories I don't think she's ever shared before. Not even kidding. And the fantasy suite stuff and how she wishes she could have handled it better, her regrets. Um, and as well as her unwavering uh, support for Clayton. You know, he has been in the news lately with this paternity scandal. And we kind of dive into that. She's got a really good uh, outlook on it. And I talk about my regrets and how I could have handled my breakup better. So, you know, she was the winner of her season. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. But uh, just catching up with her and what's going on with her and Justin, you know, they're always posting those things. Are they a thing? Who's she dating? So we got it all in there. And we are also chatting with Dave Neal, one of my favorites. He is hosting two podcasts a day now, the morning rush hour and the afternoon rush hour. And, you know, he has covered the Clayton story extensively. Go check it out on his YouTube channel. So I'm going to chat with him briefly before we get to Susie. And also he announced him and Tasha, his wife, are having a baby over Thanksgiving. A lot of announcements over Thanksgiving. My best friend, Amy Bean, announced she's having a boy. We're a couple months apart. And I'm hoping our little boys are best friends. And other news, 
uh, my ex-bachelor, Ben Flanick, made a big announcement. He's usually somewhat quiet on social media. I got a ton of messages, but he announced that he got married last month. And I've had a lot of people say, oh, what do you think about it? And honestly, Ben and I have no beef. I've mentioned it before. I am genuinely so happy for him. I congratulated him. He congratulated me on the third baby. And he posted a single photo. It's a lovely photo. His wife looks stunning. Love the veil. She's very timeless. Like her dress, everything is so classy. But the caption read, Last month in an intimate ceremony surrounded by family, I married my best friend, and it was the most incredible day of my life. Tears and laughs were had, and I've never felt so present with another person in my life. I love that. Um, I'm so grateful to do life with you and thank you for your unwavering love and support. Oh, that, I don't know about you guys, but I I wish him well. I am so happy for him. He's no longer a bachelor and hopefully there's some baby news coming soon. I know that he has always wanted to be a dad. So I am happy for him and cheers to a lifetime of happiness. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get to Dave Neal and then we'll get to Susie. Okay, let's see if we can get Dave Neal on the horn. Hello. Hello, how's it going? Dave, is it you? That's me, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm just so excited to have you. Thanks for hopping on real quick. What are you up to? I'm driving to my buddy's house to do a Driving with Dave episode. Why am I not surprised? You are the busiest working podcast host in all of Los Angeles. Yeah, I'd rather not work as much, but I got bills to pay, you know? Oh, tell me about it. And you're going to have more bills and mouths to feed soon. I have to start off by saying congratulations. You made a big announcement over Thanksgiving. Yeah, well, once we saw how cool of a mom you were, we wanted to get into the game. Oh, please. You're so great at buttering my biscuit. And I am biscuited out after Thanksgiving. Man, I ta- I'm sure Tasha feels the same way. I feel like I have a food baby. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, we've got that. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely keeping up with her uh, on the growing department. Well, you know what? My husband does the same thing for me. So you're a good sport. It's hard not to. It's like she's you know, been nauseous, so she's eating a lot. And we're just like, all right, well, let's get all the crackers and baked cheddar treats and whatever, you know, we're just eating all frozen pasta from all these. I mean, (laughs) not even good food. We're eating trash. (laughs) Same. Yeah, no. And that's what you have to do. And the best thing, the best advice I could ever give you is just keep her, keep it coming. And keep her fed. Don't make her feel bad for it. I'll be like, what do you think about Jack in the Box tacos? And he's he never, you know, he says no. Oh, yeah. The uh, Taco Bell drive-thru guy knows us by name now. <laughs> I love it. Well, congratulations. Also, you're now doing a morning rush podcast and an afternoon rush. So you are working your little tush off and that Tesla off. It's brilliant. I love it. I've I've been tuning in ever since you started it, which was I believe yesterday, and it sounds like it's going well. So 
I am a massive fan and I'm having, you know, Susie Evans is my guest today. So I had to talk to you. You have probably been in reality, Steve, but you especially have covered the Clayton scandal extensively. So I wanted to touch base with you. But first, I have two rapid fire questions for you about becoming a father. Okay. So what are you the most excited about? Oh, ain't that the truth? It's so true. They come out with their little personalities, and that's what you get. It'll be like, all right, what do you got? And then you will slowly find out, and it'll be a joy regardless. But yeah, I'm excited for that. Oh, that's, yeah, it's a real thing. And then what about, what are you the most, like, nervous about or just kind of unsettled about? I think there's a little nerve-wracking things aside from, like, you know, you know, Tasha will not have income. You know, there's no maternity leave in the freelance world. So that's a little bit of pressure on me. But I think just like the little things that when the baby's not feeling well, do you go to the hospital? You know, whenever you Google anything, it's always the worst news. So we're going to have to really just, like, get real caught up and educated on how to keep this thing healthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave, those are real. You know, it's. I'll remember the first time when Joaquin had his first ear infection and he was throwing up. We didn't know. And you just want to cry. You just feel so bad. But you get the hang of it pretty quickly. And I, I totally, I still feel that way. Like, I, I'm like, gosh, knock on wood. I hope my kids never break a bone or have to get stitches. Well, that's what I said. No My sister did that growing up. It's yeah, that 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 can happen. And uh, you know, you lead-based paint in that well that's you you guys are going to be great you just want to put them in bubble wrap and I'm sure our parents still feel the same way about us you know my dad every time I travel he's like text me when you land you know it's just it's just one of those things once you have a human that you're just constantly I, I said it before you just you'll never sleep the same again Let's make sure you've got some good health insurance. And that's a perfect little tie-in because, you know, I feel badly that you have been, you know, for those who haven't been following along as much as, as closely as I have to the Clayton story and Dave's coverage on it, which has been excellent, I commend you. But also, it's kind of scary because you have now like a lawsuit going on. And I wanted to catch up with you, see how you're doing, how that is affecting your stress levels, and just kind of see where you're at with that. I talked to Susie extensively about it. You know, she talks to Clayton a lot and she is actually wants to possibly do a documentary on it. So I said, Hey, call Dave. Um, he'd be great to do it. But so yeah, what's, what's the latest and greatest Dave? How's that going for you? I'm not afraid, but I'd be lying if I said it. I wasn't afraid earlier, but the more I've educated myself and the more support I've received, the more I realize, you know, I'm protected in, in the first 
First Amendment to share my opinions and to try to present the best, you know, truth out there as I see it. But, like, I'm allowed to believe she's not pregnant, and I currently believe she's not pregnant. If any evidence comes in, I believe in the scientific method, I believe in science, and I'll change my opinion. I just haven't seen that evidence, including, you know, the evidence she shared with me. I've seen doctored, uh, in fraudulent medical uh, images. I've seen her getting caught in lies. Uh, I've seen her try to sue anybody who even discusses this. That's not what an innocent person does. Right. Right. That's somebody who's trying to control the narrative. And, you know, like I've said from the beginning, it doesn't pass the smell test. I've been hesitant to talk about it too much just because I live in the same state as her and she freaks me out a little bit. But I feel badly that you are now in the midst of, you know, I was proud of you for starting a GoFundMe for Clayton. You raised enough money for him to get a proper attorney and things already seem to be swaying more and you know the way that they should be and now you have a gofundme as well because i mean you're gonna have to spend like fourteen thousand plus in attorney's fees just to address this oh i mean there are men that have spent what i, what I believe to be over six figures in court fees against her already so it's she is she has cost a lot of people a lot of stress and money uh and um, I, I think I covered it on my podcast today. She's lost the last seven sort of things she's filed. This is an abuse of the court system. She's lost her temporary order of protection against me. She's still taking me to court. She's suing me for harassment, but she lost the protective order. She lost the harassment case against Clayton. She had her case thrown out against Greg Gillespie for emotional distress. Um, she, she went from winning a lot of little things in family court to now having lost the last six or seven, uh, motions and lawsuits and calling the police, you know, try, you know, she was trying to say that Clayton violated his restraining order, which if he did would be six, would be up to six months in prison. You know, like, could you imagine if he gets like handcuffed because she accuses him of violating a restraining order? Um... I've got, you know, I've got, I basically, I basically said this, she can't fart near a courthouse in Arizona without it getting back to me. And, <laughs> I love your style, Dave. I re- I think I would handle it the same way as you have. It's the only way to protect myself, and I'm the first person that she's dealt with that is sort of parlaying whatever she gives to me. In the past, she would probably silence people. You know, um, there's essentially three different witness statements. I think there were sworn statements in the court from a guy named Mike, then Greg, and now Clayton. So three different men, before they all knew they all existed in this world together, all said very similar stories that happened to them. In the court system, especially like the family court, I don't think they look for patterns of abuse as much. So I don't think they're acknowledging and talking to each other with what's going on here. Um, but it's just like, I'm the first person talking about it where I'm going to continue to talk about it until a judge tells me I legally can't, which would be a wild, uh, leap for a judge to, to put that court order down on me. I completely agree. It's like when I went to write my book, everyone's like, how do you do it? I'm like, we, there's this thing called freedom of speech in this country. And... (laughs) I, you know, and it's like you said, the First Amendment, amendment rights. So 
I'm you are like spearheading this whole thing. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud to call you a friend. If you're ever having to come to Arizona, let me know. You're welcome to stay with us. Whatever I can do to help. Um, and Susie, you know, she she's been close with Clayton and she basically says he feels like the court system has failed her. I think that there's a much larger story to be told here. I would love it if she did a documentary. I would love if you were involved in it. I mean, you at this point are probably one of the most knowledgeable about the case. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently at the place now where I'm pleading with anybody who covers true, true crime, uh, scams, uh, weird stories to cover this. And, you know, if there's some twisted way where she turns out to be pregnant, uh, you know, my opinion's going to be changed, but it's not like a light... It's not like a light flippant view that she's not pregnant. It's it's that too many too many things didn't pass the test, and she provides just enough information to keep people quiet. And we just we just need to um, not let this happen again. I completely agree, and I agree with you on the fact that this is probably one of the biggest stories in Bachelor Nation. It'd be great if Warner Brothers or um, you know, if somebody came out and was like, "Hey, let's help you clear this up," but that's just not how it how the cookie crumbles in the Bachelor Nation. So, well, I tell you what, I'm I've never been more sure that it will be a documentary someday. I have no intention or care to make any money off of it at this point. Protecting my own truth here and and all of that is as important as anything. Um, the cat's out of the bag. This story is beyond fascinating and can be told in a way that could easily be like an eight-part Hulu or Netflix series. I mean, it, it's just, I think it's the biggest Bachelor story of all time. I think it's the biggest entertainment story of the year. I agree, Dave. I completely agree. And there's so many layers to it. It's like, well, why Why aren't like People Magazine covering it? Like me and Susie talk about that. People are scared. And you know, my husband's an attorney for, he's a prosecutor for the attorney general's office. We've talked at length about this offline. And he's like, you know, I, th- I was talking to him about you. And now that you're in this mix and she's trying to come after you, you know, he says that you, you should hopefully be able to get her to have to cover some of your attorney's fees. Let's hope for that. And Clayton's. But he did say, I'm not to interrupt you. He did say that he thinks that he sees it all the time. He thinks that she'll keep doing this to other people. Clearly, it's been, there's a pattern here. There, there absolutely is a pattern, and there's uh, potentially people involved that are enabling this. Obviously, it, it's a mental health issue. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, about, it's not about wanting to shame her. It's, it's about wanting to make sure that it stops. It stops now. And I always say, maybe the Clayton story was a little bit too... You know, she flew a little too close to the sun on that one. Um, <laughs> if she was doing this to different men that weren't famous and, and all of that, um, she probably still gets away with it every single time. So this is, yeah, this is going to be fascinating. She's she's due to give birth February 14th to twins, and we're going to just have to see how that plays out. I will say this. I, I can't blame people that don't cover it. But I do find it interesting when there's people like Nick Vial who are, are are happy to ask Susie what she thinks, knowing they're protecting themselves. It's so spineless. Either discuss it or don't. And right. He goes into kind of cower. Um, but in, in the thing that kind of annoys me is. I feel like he's probably behind the scenes laughing at people like me. Oh, you got yourself stuck in this. 
because I think a lot of people in Bachelor Nation only think about themselves. I, I could have not covered this, but I, I tell you this, I would not have been able to sleep at night knowing that, that, that this information is there and not being brought to light. And um, I just, it just takes a few people to talk about it to keep this story in the light so that it can continue to get the exposure that it needs. Oh, Dave. Well, I'm so thankful that you just hopped on with me last minute. I, you know, and having Susie on and we talk a lot about it on, on the episode, she has got his back in a big way. And we kind of talk in depth about it. So I really wanted to talk to you about it. Thank you for taking the time. Like I said, I'll do my best Clayton's corner. And I hope that like, Well, my husband's also an attorney and he's pretty well dialed in. And so if you need anything or even just bounce ideas off of us, but I'm so glad that you've got good legal coverage, but it's not fun. I mean, you're having a baby. This is like the most exciting time in your life and you love what you do. And now you're mixed up in this. And I agree with the Nick Vile stuff. Like that's why I call him a little weasel. You asked me on driving with Dave and it's just like have a freaking spine, but Right. been there and sometimes you get left in the trenches and you know what I always say you just got to keep paddling and uh, so everybody go check out Dave Neal's uh, YouTube channel and his morning rush and after rush uh, afternoon rush hour Um, it's really entertaining and you're covering not just bachelor stuff you're covering everything I'm so impressed by you and your work ethic and just your morals so um Right. Well, I, hey, I, I feel you. I'm paying for two daycares just so I can do these podcasts right now because the key is having silence, right? And you guys are going to be oh, gonna, awesome parents. You're going to shoot to the top, and I can't wait. You're, by the way, Tasha, my wife, finds you so funny. <laughs> I swear, you, you have some – you're like the Yogi Berra of Bachelor Nation. You have some of the funniest isms I've ever heard before. <laughs> Oh, I don't know where they come from, Dave. You sent us this, like, Thanksgiving message that was like, may, your, may the gravy runneth, what did you say? May your gravy, gravy runneth over and your pants be stretchy. Oh, so funny. Oh, Dave, well, I'm, I'm thankful for you as a friend. And Tasha, I just adore her. She's cute as a button. Make sure when you're on your way home from your next session that you uh, get her some fast food or some yeah, flowers or something yummy. Make sure she kicks her feet up and uh, go check out also uh, Nate. Uh, I can't say his name, but you really stirred the pot this week with your driving with Dave. Everybody, you got to go give it a listen. I know. I, you should have seen my eyes when like, he was spilling all this tea. 
Dave, you broke the internet. I mean, it went viral. It's like literally everywhere. But that was such a good story. It was like everybody. So Nate and Michelle Young, obviously, they got offered a $200,000 deposit at the end of their after the final rose. And go listen to Dave's story if you want to hear what happened to the money on uh, his his weekend driving with Dave. It's amazing. Hot out the gate, too. He just started spilling the beans. Imagine he gives you the Heisman. He's like, dry gulches you. Just runs out at a stop sign. <laughs> Calls an Uber. All right, Dave. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, congratulations on the baby. Tell Tasha, send my love. And go check out his announcement. It was so cute. Your little. Uh, oh, thank you. And now I want a Corona and I can't have one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. We'll we'll catch you later. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, welcome back to After Reality. Today's guest was the winner of The Bachelor season 26. She is a photographer and an epic social media creator, a beauty pageant title holder, crowned Miss Virginia teen and Miss Virginia USA. It's Susie Evans. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm so happy to see your little cute face. I always want to call you like Susie Pie Honey Bunch. (laughs) Do you have a nickname? Um, I feel like people will say like Susie Q a lot or Suze. And it's so funny because I feel like Sue, like S-U-E is such a older name but my friends that I grew up with will call me Sue like on the fly and it doesn't feel old when they say it it just feels like it just feels like a nickname but it's it just sounds so old when I when I tell like I would never introduce myself as Sue 
<laughs> yeah, my like mom, one of my mom's friends' names is Sue. She's a little right? bit older. And yeah. old. But sometimes my friends will call me Sue and it doesn't, I don't even think anything of it, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it suits me when I say, when I say it. <laughs> well, I think I remember Clayton calling you Sue's. I, I followed along yeah. your journey. And like I said, you were the winner. I obviously, I, it's so weird to say that. I know you probably... <laughs> hear that a lot, but you guys didn't really get engaged. You never had the ring, right? You didn't have the sparkler. Right. Correct. Did you want one at all? I mean, they kind of just give them out, you know, I was wondering if you had thought about like, Oh, maybe I should just get one. Yeah. Um, we actually did talk about that because obviously we left the first filming not together. And then when we got back together, things were really good at first. And it was like, Oh, like maybe this could work out. Like maybe this, maybe this is, the right person and like might as well save some money and get like a fat ring and not have to worry about spending a ton of money on something like that and then I would say pretty quickly after the initial like first meetup we realized like okay maybe we're not entirely compatible and really it was that quick yeah I think so I mean yeah I think we just were very different people but yeah just I think it went really quickly from like maybe we do get engaged at the final show to being like, okay, let's not do anything too crazy because I, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think um, like it wouldn't have been like the biggest deal to get engaged and then break up. But I also think like, I don't know, it is a, it is a commitment. Like I'm not one for, well, no, I, I was going to say I'm not one for the theatrics, but I actually am. I love the theatrics. I love a good show and I love a good, <laughs> I love anything like that, but I'm not one to get engaged or like, risk my personal beliefs or anything like that on like a show so I I, for me I was just like yeah you won't catch me with the ring unless I know for sure that I want to marry somebody that's you know what I totally can relate to that because I felt that way it's important to you it means something to you and dating after my engagement ended people I'd go on you know a few dates and people would always ask like have you ever been engaged and I'm like yeah actually I have you know and then people want to know like you know well why didn't that work out and but I remember being like gosh if I'm going to get engaged on this show like I really want it to work out and I don't know if you felt this way because you and Clayton like were together for what almost a year right yeah, pretty much a year. I think that's like enough time. And I th- I think that's a, a success in itself. I don't know if you agree or not. But like, yeah. after you come off the show, I feel like I had this deep sense of like, we owe it to ourselves to try because we w- yes. met in this like really unique way. And then also like America is rooting for us. So yeah. there's like that added pressure. And you guys had a really cute online presence together, like going to Chipotle and all of your like amazing video content so did you feel that kind of like kept you guys in it maybe a little longer than had it been in the real world yeah I think so unfortunately like it's good and bad because I think we saw the relationship through like we really checked if we could make it work we tried um and I just don't think we were that compatible in the end like I, I think at the end of the day like if we had met in the real world, I don't know that either of us would have like pursued a serious relationship with the other one. Like, I I really don't know that we would have, but meeting in that situation and going through what we went through, we, I think we did both feel like, well, we, we owe it to each other to at least see if this can work. And then we did fall in love and we did care deeply about each other. 
And I think we both have this like really deep respect for each other. So like at the end of the day, like I never see anything as like time wasted, like relationships that I've been in. Like I've never been like, oh, that was a year of my life that I'll never get back. Like I've I've learned so much from every relationship and Clayton and I's relationship specifically, like as much as it bothered me in the moment, he <laughs> challenged me so much as a individual because I do have a really strong moral compass and I do really know who I am. But like he challenged me and it, he forced me to like look inward a lot on things where I was kind of like, you know what? Like I'm 30. Like I know what I want. I know what I deserve. And all of that is good. But also like I have to be open to like changing my ways sometimes if I'm going to let someone into my life. And I think it's maybe harder as you get older and and you kind of become more secure and more comfortable. And like, I'm so super comfortable being alone. So it takes a really magnificent person to like come into your life. But at the same time, it's just like, yeah, he he forced me to become better and grow. And I didn't see it necessarily in the moment as it was happening. But looking back, I'm like, you know what? Like, he really forced me to look inward. And so I think we have this like amazing respect for each other and probably without the pressure of the show and America. And like, I think there was even a point where we were talking and it was kind of like scary knowing like the internet's going to be like, we told you so. Like right. when we woke up, we, once we had come to the conclusion that like, okay, this isn't going to work. We had to decide when we were going to tell people and how we were going to do it. And the anticipation of like what the reaction from the world would be made us postpone for a while as well, just just sharing with the world. And it's like, you don't have to think about that in a real world relationship. You don't have to think about how we're going to break the news to people. You just move on with your life. So it was yeah. interesting. Um, that's really well said, Susie. And you know what? You did mention you have a strong moral compass. And at the end of your season, obviously, it was Rachel and Gabby and you. And you got the last fantasy suite. I got the last fantasy suite on my season, too. Mm. It felt like it was a different time then, though. And it was kind of like, don't ask, don't tell. I mean, yeah. I could have. And I talk about your moral compass. I mean, that was, I thought really good of you. I actually was like, wow, maybe I should have done that too. Like to think about getting engaged after this person's just been like intimate with two other people. So I really commend you for sticking to your guns on that. And I mean, clearly I think he knew he was going to pick you, but he could have handled it better, but I'm a Clayton fan. Like I, I told yeah. you, I've had him on the podcast. He lives in Arizona and I really wish I look at how well you guys have handled your breakup and you went on Caitlin Bristow's podcast together. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I really burned the bridge when, I, when I, we released our statement and then I moved on with Ari right away. My ex, it just was really bad for a couple of years. Now yeah. we're on good terms, but I think not a lot of couples could handle it the way you guys have with such a deep respect for each other. So I commend you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I think <clears throat> I, it's so complex and I think I don't know I don't I, I wasn't watching when you were on the show so I don't know how it was perceived or or received from the public and all that but I think I, I it was really heavy because I I regret not asking the question but I regret doing it on camera like I look back and I'm like I should have just taken the fantasy suite and said it in private and everything would have been so much smoother for everybody. Like, even if we had decided to break up in that moment, he could have moved forward in a healthy way with another person. 
Um, or if we had decided to work through it, it would have been private. And I, that is like my biggest regret from the show. So I feel like a part of me had to take like personal responsibility for a lot of the backlash that Clayton got because people had come before him and taken the same actions and received no backlash. And it, and it really was don't ask, don't tell. Um, and it, it's, I'm not going to not, uh, ask the question or, or state how I feel about it, but I wish I had gone about it differently. I think it would have saved everybody a lot of pain. So coming off the show immediately, the, the trailers and the teasers for the season are showing that scene with Clayton. So he doesn't have this like happy go lucky season where everyone's like rooting for him and wanting him to find love. People know at the, at the beginning of the season that he has hurt somebody deeply and made taken these actions. And so I feel like it gave people a lot of ammunition. So I think that I felt a personal responsibility to support Clayton beyond if we were together or not, but like as a friend and as a human being. So I'm like, you know, what? I actually brought on a part of this. And and so did he. We both took actions that brought us to that point. So I think that it, I did feel responsible to an extent for how things happened to him. Um, That's a lot to take like, on, Susie. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting. I, I've never heard that you say that before. And I mean, I would have to think at that point in time towards the end, the producers were your, were in your ear a little bit too, like mm-hmm. kind of like, well, how would you, you know, how do you feel about it? And kind of mm-hmm. sort of egging you on a little bit. I remember right before my fantasy suites, one of the top EPs came up to me and asked if I'd be interested in being the next bachelorette and like little things like that really threw me off because I was like, wait, why would they, what do they know that I don't know? Like, totally. I don't know if you had anything like that where not necessarily being egged on, but it's almost like kind of stirring. You're already like at the end of it, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know my ass from my elbow. I haven't been with my yeah. family for like two months. I'm cut off from the world. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's just really easy to get in your feelings yeah. and, and kind of lose sight of things. And it's, I'm proud of you for not, <laughs> but did they ever kind of stir the pot um, as far as like fueling that emotion in you? Yeah, I think it's so funny because when I watch the season back now and you see people exploding or having these like major breakdowns and that's the storyline they're given. And I know watching back our season, it's so funny because I feel like of the three people of that went into the fantasy suites going into them, I was the most chill. Like I, I thought I was excited to be staying with the girls, which we didn't actually stay together, but it's oh, like, that's right. It was awkward though. That was so hard to watch. See, I, I felt so comfortable. Like I was like, they, they really edited the parts that seemed uncomfortable to make it seem like I was so uncomfortable with everything. But my mentality was like, I'm really good either way. Like if Clayton's in love with somebody else, or if he's being intimate with other people, he has every right to do that. And like, explore these relationships how he wants to but I also am like really okay with not getting engaged to somebody who's in love with somebody else or who's been intimate with somebody else like I'm very comfortable with however this goes and it really got edited and chopped up to make it seem like I was literally spiraling and I remember being in the interviews constantly and they're like asking the question asking the question asking the question and then finally I had a point where I started crying about it and I was like mm-hmm. and it's really sad like this is heartbreaking like what if this is the case and like I end up losing this amazing person and that's of course the clip they yes. choose um flag that one put it yes, <laughs> they do that course. when they when they get something good they'll they'll flag that tape because like, yes. they know okay that's they got She's what they now. needed yeah yes. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think at that point I had, um, I had made the decision that that's how I felt about fantasy suites and the, and, you know, being in love with other people. I was kind of like, yeah, I don't think that I really want to compromise that part of me and my expectations, but my decision was to say it in the fantasy suites, but I was definitely encouraged to have that conversation on camera. And I totally bought into it based on how it was kind of pitched to me where they were like, this isn't just Clayton's love story. This is about you. Like, it's important for you to also share how you feel and, you know, your love story and your expectations. And like, all of that is very important to this, to the storyline. And you've agreed to do this and let America into your world. So this is a, and it, like, they kind of like pitched it to me as like, this is, you know, like people need to see this side of things. And I was like, you know what? It's so true. Like I shouldn't have to hide a part of who I am or my feelings and so I I bought into it and I was like, you know what? You're so right. Well, <laughs> I really found it interesting having been on, in the same position. I was like, oh yeah. my gosh, why? I'm like a strong independent woman, much like you. I live alone. Mm-hmm. I li- like, I'm very comfortable on my own. Yeah. And I thought it was, a, I actually really bought into it as well. I was like, you go yeah. Susie. Yes. And then of course he's like, she's mm-hmm. the one, which makes it even more you know, enticing to watch. And then he, you guys end up making it work for a year, but that's, I appreciate your honesty and your candor in that, because I think that will, um, shed light on it for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I love that you guys respect each other so much. And, but in that moment, I remember watching you and being like, Oh, I think that they want her to be the bachelorette. Mm-hmm. And had it gone a different way, I don't know if they ever mentioned it to you. I want to know two parts is have they ever approached you or asked you even just like a softball floating it by you? And if they did ask you to be the bachelorette, do you think that you could carry the show? And and would you, would you be open to that? Yeah. So they did approach me this year about it. Uh, so like in January, I guess, or February. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So they Incredible. did talk about it this year and I was open to it. I talked to Clayton and I said, like, first things first, if this would hurt you, affect you, affect your mental health, I won't do it because I think I I feel like the narrative I've heard the whole season and it actually really bothered me because I was with Clayton the whole time is that people kept saying, oh, she's campaigning for the bachelorette. No, I didn't take like, that it that way at all. I mean, that sucks that that's what people were saying. Yeah. Like, I remember, I remember one time liking, I was liking everybody's comments on my page and somebody had said something about like Susie for the bachelorette and I liked it like unintentionally. Yeah. I just was liking everyone who was commenting on my stuff just because I think it's nice to engage I with do your too. Acknowledge yeah. it. Yeah. And then it became a thing about, oh, she's liking comments about being the bachelorette. And people kept saying my social media presence that I was campaigning for the role. And I was like, and it was really kind of hurtful because I was like, well, first of all, none of you guys know me. I've been making a fool of myself on the internet for my entire life. And (laughs) I think it's really fun. And now I have this audience and and I'm creative. Like, yes, you know, I was never like a super studious kid in school like I didn't thrive in mathematics like I was a I was good in English and in storytelling and in theater and you know like I was good in those subjects but like those weren't the things that were important growing up so to be an adult now and have a a creative career and then to gain an audience and it's like I was able to engage with a community that found me funny or entertaining and I was like it was like one of the first times in my life where I was like wow like I'm really succeeding at something and 
like able to connect with a big community and like make people laugh. Like those are things that I love. And then to see like, I, yeah, I feel like there was a big kind of like undertone of people thinking that I hadn't won or I hate to say won, but like hadn't ended up with Clayton and people were thinking that I was using my social media to try to like, uh, campaign for that role. And so I think, I think even with Clayton, there was a bit of like tension about it where he was like, was that your goal when you came into this? Like, did you want to be the bachelorette? Um, and so I, I wanted to be sensitive. Like when they did approach me about it, I was like, you know, this could be a trigger point for Clayton. This could be something that really affects his mental health. And so we talked about it. Clayton was so supportive. He was like, it's, mm-hmm. it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Of course you should take it. Um, so I've like had the conversations with them, um, got to like having a contract and stuff, but didn't, uh, they didn't choose me. And I, I honestly think it's for the best. Um, and I think if they were to approach me again, I just, I just don't think I would be interested, which is like hard to say, cause it's such a big opportunity, but I mm-hmm. really think I have to like, I don't want to say that and then be like, like, I, I hate to say that because it's it's just such a big opportunity that I'm like, it feels kind of crazy. But at the same time, I just don't feel like it's aligned. Like, I don't right. think that I would want to date 30 guys that they pick for me. I don't even find, I haven't even found 30 guys in LA that I want to go on a date with. <laughs> so I, don't know that I, would, I, would, I just don't think I would really enjoy it. I was very clear, like in my interview with them that I would never want to humiliate somebody and I feel like so often the show um like the storylines and the success of one contestant whether it's the bachelorette or another contender on the show is reliant on the downfall of another person and like that is so against my character like I'm so I'm like such a believer of like abundance and like there's room for everybody at the top like I great like I feel like that's who I am and like I always want to help people and like even if somebody did me dirty on the show and said something or whatever, like I would never want to humiliate that person or affect them from getting a job in the future. Or like, there's so many bad things that can come from the show and I don't want to contribute to that. So like, I don't know that I would be their ideal candidate for that role if that's what they're looking for. And I said all that in my interview and I was just like, I'm just going to be honest. Like this is who I am. And I, I think I'm, I think I can be funny and I think I can provide like an entertaining show, but it's never going to be at the expense of somebody else's like mental health or like downfall. Like you're and and I think that there would be, first of all, it's really hard to avoid. And that's so kind of you to, to express that. But in many ways they kind of need you to like, okay, if we need you to keep this person an extra week, because the storylines looking good for camera and you are like, well, no, I want them to go. So that's kind of where there could be an example of a conflict, but well, that's interesting. Watch now they're going to come calling. I would love to see you. I just, I, I, I don't know if I could personally handle it. I've heard it's just really tiring and the hours are crazy, but I selfishly kind of hope that (laughs) I was hoping that you would do it, but what about a, like, um, uh, Dancing with the Stars, that one. Now that one might trigger Clayton because I'm loving his dancing. And I just saw that you were in the audience with Demi and I thought, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, maybe I had a meeting with them after my season. Oh, gosh, it, that's amazing. Yes. And I was, my fiance at the time said, if you do it, you won't have a fiance. Are you serious? Yeah. His first response was like, they offered it to you. And I was like, oh, 
I know. And he's like, Courtney, after everything we just went through and you were the villain, I think his whole thing was like, oh my God, what if they make you look bad again? And the lady that ran the show was like, I'm all about empowering women and we want to show the real you. And yeah. it pays so well, but they had me come sit in the audience. And so they do that a lot of the times to kind of test the audience, like or te- the viewers. Yeah. To see what the reactions are. So I saw that you were there and I was like, maybe they're going to ask Susie. I don't think so. I, they didn't invite me to come. I had, um, like a social media manager that I work with. She has a connect. And so she was like, do you want to go? And I was like, yeah, I want to go. Heck so yeah. <laughs> I don't think they were testing the waters. Unfortunately, that would be uh. so fun. Like I would love to do it. I'm not a good dancer, but like I, you'd be stunning out there with your hair. Were you shocked by how small the dance floor actually is in person? Yeah. I mean, I was just the whole thing. I was like, oh, this isn't what I was expecting, but no, not at all. I was like, because it looks like they're like sprinting these long distances across the dance floor, but in person, it's actually quite small. Yeah. You get to design your own outfits and pick your own music. And it pays so well. Yeah. I think you should campaign for that. What about like special forces or, you know, there's all these other shows. Would you be open to something like that? Totally. I think I absolutely, I hate to say this because it sounds like, um, what is the word? I don't know. I don't know if it sounds vain or what, but I feel like, I don't feel like I'm like quote unquote big enough to like go on any of those shows. Yeah. Like special forces or like um dancing with the stars like I don't feel like I'm at the caliber of like people that go on these way of course you are that's funny but that's good to humble yourself like that I mean you're the winner of the bachelor I mean hello you made it to the end so no it feels I I don't know it's so I don't know if you felt like this but it felt like I don't know it feels like when you end up as the person with the guy I don't know. It felt maybe it's it, like it's shocking to hear that you got approached by Dance with the Stars because I feel like for me it felt it always felt like I was just kind of like a second thought to everything. Like I don't feel like I've mm-hmm. really been invited to much or like like I've never been invited back to the show for like a live show. Like my parents weren't invited to the final show. Like like, I just feel like I was always just like a secondary thought for everybody. So oh, that surprises me. Um, well, you know, they didn't have me back for many years. They just had me back on Zach's season to host a group date, which was so fun. But yeah. I guess I remember feeling that way. I do remember feeling kind of like a second thought to The Bachelor because everybody's rooting for The Bachelor. It's all about the main person. Yeah, I was the villain. So I felt a little bit of that. But um, that's interesting that's- that you feel that way because and now you live in LA and you're probably getting, like you said, you're getting invited to all these things yeah. and you're single and yeah. sounds like uh, how I wanted to ask you how dating life is going out there. It's been good. I mean- I feel like it's been the least of my uh, concerns, which is good and bad. I think I feel like I've been on a few first dates. I went on a couple second dates. I I dated a guy briefly this summer. Um, Ooh, how'd you meet him? Did you do the I'm, dating apps or was it old apps, school? Yeah. No, everybody I've met has pretty much been from the apps. I've had a few like friends of friends that I've like gone out with or whatever like a friend has been like, oh, you need to meet my friend. I've had two people like that. Um, I've heard that's a really great way to meet people. Yes. But I have so much uh, anxiety about it because then pressure. I I get so anxious about 
<laughs> it's like good and bad because you're like, okay, this is like a screened person. They're a good human. But then if you don't like them or if it doesn't work mm-hmm. out, then you, I feel bad about the friendship that introduced me. And it's like, kind yeah. of makes an uncomfortable dynamic. So I've, after those two guys that I went out with and I wasn't really that into, I was kind of like, okay, I think that I need to not do that because not right. that it affected my friendships, but it just, I just, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable. It feels bad to tell somebody that you don't like them. Like, oh, that was always I mean? like the hardest for me when I was dating. And I think it goes back to kind of what you said about setting boundaries and learning how to flex that muscle. And once I got good at just being honest with people, and telling them like, Hey, you know what? You're great. But I just, and you might get a bad reaction. People might hurt people's feelings, but it just makes it dating so much easier. Susie. I know it, it really does. I forgot. I, I didn't save a guy's number and I went on a date with him and I could tell he was really into me and it was like a friend of a friend. Yeah. And I accidentally answered cause I do real estate. So I try to answer every call mm-hmm. and he's like, Hey, I just was calling to ask you out again. And I was like, Oh my God, I should have saved his number. I would have just avoided him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I would de- deal with it. And then I just like hit the nail on the head. I was like, Hey, look, I'm sorry. I really enjoyed meeting you, but I don't see this going anywhere. And it, it was the first time I had done that. And it felt so good. Wow. Just to nip honestly, it in the butt. <laughs> I would suggest trying that. <laughs> yeah, I honestly should. Because I think that so often, like I get frustrated when people don't like pick up on clues or hints or whatever. And right. And it's really not their fault. Like if I'm not clear and direct like that, where I'm like, hey, I think you're great. I want to like stay in touch. I would love to see you around, but I'm not interested in dating you. Um, It probably would make my life a lot easier. But- it would. It might make dating a little bit less stressful and more fun. And the dating apps are great too, but there's also some weirdos on there. I ended up in a relationship with the guy I met on, I believe it was Bumble for almost two years. If you've ever done the dating apps in LA, he's on there. So be careful. <laughs> he was like addicted to it. Some people just, you know, you always see the same people, but mm-hmm. you are do- creating amazing content with Justin. I have to ask, what's the dealio there? Is there any hope, any chance for romance or is it just yeah. for fun, co- funny content? I say never say never. I feel like we have this ongoing joke where I tell Justin that I <laughs> and I'm like, I'm always like joking that I'm trying to get Justin to date me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but I think it's mostly just for fun. Um, like I adore Justin. I think he's one of the best people I know. He's one of my best friends out here. And it kind of just so happened to work out that way. Like we both moved to the area at the same time. We're both from the East coast. We're both really creative. Like he's a a literal artist and I do the wow. video photo stuff. And so we've really helped each other like elevate our content and uh, in different ways where he's even encouraged me just to like lean in more to like my personality and doing funny things that I want to do, but maybe the bachelor audience doesn't necessarily appreciate or like uh, want to see. I feel like they want to see like love and dating and like really glamorous things. And sometimes I just want to be like quirky and funny and have fun online um which is super relatable thanks and you guys are adorable I'm like hoping I'm like you're so cute but it's also like that line of like wow you guys could almost be best friends and then it's like oh would you want to jeopardize that you know it's like so scary when you like have such a deep respect for like your friend like that Mm -hmm. especially if you guys are like elevating each other's lives in a in a work capacity and inspiring each other you you need that one person to just you know, yeah. I had a, I have a really good guy friend and I can call him and he always 
I'm like, what should my caption be? Or, you know, just he's a creative type as well, helps encourage me. So, so the DMs, have they been popping or Bachelor Nation sliding in? Because I have to think that you're kind of a hot topic. She's so sweet. I believe it. (laughs) Not really, though. I feel like I'm, I wish the DMs were more popping, but okay. Um, are they? Oh, here you go, people. Everybody, DMs are open. DMs are open. I just I hung out with a girlfriend who she's always dating the most interesting people and she's always got the most dat- like interesting dating stories. And she was like, How fun. I'd love to pick her brain. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I should put you in touch with her. She's so funny. Um, and she's got like a social media personality, but she was like, Why are you not DMing people? And I was like, I don't know. I've never thought to like DM somebody. And she's like, yeah, like I just look at the hot guys on, on a local football team, not local, but you know, like I the love her style. Here. And she's like, I'll just slide into the DMS. And she's like, I do it all the time. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm like, I guess I haven't really thought about the fact that my DM might actually show up because I have a blue check mark now. So I'm like, I haven't really thought about it, but Maybe I should just start sending DMs to people. Shoot your shot, Susie. What about a celebrity crush? I mean, hey, I say, you know, do you have any celebrity crushes? Let's, why don't you slide in up in their DMs? I know I should. I feel like all my celebrity crushes have like been married off. Like I don't. Darn it. I know. Like it was. Um, I used to love Joe Jonas, although he's going through a divorce, not probably not the time, but why don't you offer some condolences? You never know. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But yeah, he was like my childhood crush growing up. And then um used to love Harry Styles. I don't think he's dating anybody. I don't know. I don't know. And then Michael B. Jordan, I think he's married. Like all these people. Oh, yeah, he might be married. Taken. And I just haven't paid that much attention. I don't know who's out there. Okay. Well, if you get a little bored one night and just slide a slip it a slide, I'd be, I'd be like, oh, hey, why not? Hey, you know, Have a, a glass of wine and just a little liquid courage slide into the DMs. Absolutely. Whether they see it or not, no harm, yeah. no foul. I, that's how I met my husband. I DM'd him. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He had been liking my photos for a couple of years. He knew who I was from the show mm-hmm. and he, I clicked on his page. I was like, oh, he looks kind of cute, you know? And I just was like, hey, have we met before? And he's like, no, I would remember meeting you. Um, Because you know how our feeds are kind of crazy? And I was like, I've seen this guy like my photos before. And so I I was just going to try something new. And I've heard the same thing, like look through your friends' friends. Yes. Uh, Well, I'm excited to see what happens next for you. And I love that it's not a priority. I, I feel like that was like when I found my guy was when I was like, just whatever I'm yeah, doing me. Cool. If you feel like going on a date, do it. If you don't feel like canceling last minute, do it. I, I support you. <laughs> and um, so that's good to know. And let's see. Oh, I did want to talk to you about Clayton. Like I said, I'm a fan of his and I listened to you on Nick Files podcast. And I just was so impressed by how you are always in his corner. You are such a true blue friend and ex-girlfriend. So you've been sub- there to support him. Obviously, we call her Jane Doe. You know, he's got been going through the legal process. I reached out to him to offer my support. My husband's an attorney. They actually spoke on the phone. But I just really feel badly that he's going through this. I think it's a pretty crazy, um, one of the craziest things that's happened in Bachelor Nation. Right. So, and I know you said you had talked to him. How is he holding up? And I think he's, you know, it's tough because I, I obviously always want to like respect his privacy and I don't want to 
be too nosy, but like throughout this whole thing, there've been so many times when I've wanted to be like, Hey, what's the tea? Like, what's the deal with yeah, this? It's of so course. juicy. It's so interesting. It's really wild. It's wild. And it's, I found out about it. Um, we were going to an influencer event that we were both going to be at and we hadn't talked in like several months, probably at that point. And so we caught up on the phone cause we, we knew we were going to see each other. Um, and he kind of told me what was going on and I, it really like infuriated me because I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened or like, you know, it's, it's so weird to even talk about, but it's like, whatever is happening, like something is very fishy and something is very unusual. And it feels like Clayton's been targeted before and he's being targeted Mm -hmm. now. And it's really, it was really disheartening to see. And I think at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, we'll wait till the paternity test is here because of the, because you can't fight science. Like we're going to find out what happened eventually. Um, and it's, it's seemingly very obvious that there's either no baby or there's something very weird going on, like based on all the information we've been given. So, and I, and, and, and I, like you, I love that you said he's not a liar. Sorry to interrupt you, ooh, yeah. but he doesn't seem like a liar. He seems like almost like honest to maybe even a fault to him. Yeah. And I mean, the last I checked when I did sex ed, which was in sixth grade, I didn't think you could get pregnant from not having sexual intercourse, which he's right. clearly stated. There's proof of that. It seems like, yeah. so I can't imagine him lying, but like you mm-hmm. said, it just doesn't pass the smell test, but to, right. to keep taking it to this extreme and um, I've been hesitant to talk about it as well. And I, I could tell Nick Vial has been too, you know, right. she's, I'm friends with Dave Neal and she's filed a lawsuit against him because she just right. doesn't like what he's covering about the topic. So yeah. it's, and these are your first amendment, right? It's like you yeah. and I can sit here and have a conversation and we shouldn't be afraid about what this person might do. And I live in Arizona, so yeah, <laughs> it's really? a little spooky. I don't blame you. And that's why I feel like even when I speak about it, I'm like, I want to be cautious because although based on what the information we've been given in the courts and the DNA so far, it's like everything is pointing to the, to the fact that there is no baby. And it is, if there is a baby, it's not coming up on a test and it's been five or six months. And, and Clayton, yeah, has claimed that there was never sexual intercourse. And like I said, I've never known Clayton to be a liar. There's not been a single thing that I feel like he's ever lied to me about. I never have questioned that side of him at all. And I and I think this would be a really foolish thing to lie about so publicly, especially like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, the DNA is not going to lie. Um, but just recent, like after, actually after Nick's podcast, I was reached out to by some publication and asked about it. And I texted Clayton and said, Hey, just want to let you know, like we talked about it on the podcast and oh, this good of you. Out just to like tell him, like give him a heads up. Um, and so we started talking about it and he really feels like the court system has failed him. And there's other people that have experienced the same thing as him or a very similar situation as him from the same person. Mm-hmm. And the court system has failed those people as well. I've seen and- those documents as well, by the way. Okay, I haven't seen them, so I don't. I'm like, I don't want to speak too much on it, but that's no right to me. Yeah, and um, I told him, I said, well, my hope for you is that this ends up being a really positive thing, and you get to share your side of the story, and it amplifies you and your message and what you're doing with mental health. Um, eventually, I know right now it's really hard, and I, I said to him, I was like, it'd be really cool if this gets enough traction eventually, 
and maybe Netflix picks it up. It's such an interesting topic. And he was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think he was feeling kind of uh, disheartened by it all. And I was like, well, if Netflix doesn't pick it up, maybe this will be my first documentary I produce because oh. I've always wanted to do documentaries. Susie, so, you would be the perfect person right? to do that. Wouldn't that be interesting? <gasps> Absolutely. And I've got Dave Neal teed up. He actually wanted to oh, do yeah. something. Like, I think he was talking oh. about that. And um, yeah, and he's been covering the case extensively. Yeah. But I, I think that would be incredible. And like you said, it makes me kind of my heart hurt to hear that he feels like the court system could mm-hmm. be failing him because, you know, I talked to my husband about it and he's an attorney mm-hmm. uh, for the state of Arizona. And he said, we kind of have talked about it offline. And mm-hmm. he's like, this girl's a bully. Like, yeah. you know, like she's filing a lawsuit against like anyway, but not to go too far off topic, but he said that, you know what, unfortunately she'll probably do this to other people. She, he goes, I see it. I mean, it happens all the time. I just don't understand the why, you know, like what the why what is right. That is what really, and the money that goes into it, you know, Dave Neal uh-huh. had a GoFundMe and helped Clayton start a GoFundMe for mm-hmm. the legal fees. So I really am with you on that. I really hope that somebody, it turns into a positive, but I can't imagine how, I mean, it's just what an ordeal, like nobody should have to go through this. And like you said, he's a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's sad because um, you're right. You're probably right. I think it will happen to somebody else. And the, when especially we if thinking, she's changing her name and it's yeah. like, then there's no, like somebody no, needs to step in and maybe if it gets picked up by, I just feel like people are, I reached out to some of my publications and they're like, well, we'd have to run it by our legal team. I think that's what's freaking people out. I'm surprised that more people haven't spoken freely about it on their podcasts. So same. And I think unfortunately, uh, from what I understand, like, obviously, you know, how expensive legal fees can bet can be Mm -hmm. and how, uh, that can exacerbate somebody's resources. Um, Obviously, Clayton, you know, is a successful person. He has the capacity to get legal help if he needs it. But really quickly, that can add up. And that being said, it's like it's kind of unfair for somebody to have to provide $10,000, worth of legal help for somebody who's literally like, what is the word? Like conning them? Like yeah. for him to have to put out. I mean, that would make me absolutely sick if I had to spend on an attorney because somebody has like attacked me essentially and, and like slandered my name and in the news and done all these things. It's like, that would make me sick. And from what I understand, I don't know, I'm not going to speak to like this person's financial situation, but from what I have heard, there isn't a a real financial burden on the other end where the, the resources seem to be abundant on the other side, where it's like, I'll do it again and I'll I'll be able to lawyer up however much I need to and it's not going to affect her financial uh abilities where I feel like somebody like Clayton is coming off a show and starting a new career and just purchased a, a home and stuff like that and it's like you know resources aren't unlimited for someone like Clayton where they might be a little more unlimited for this other person. Oh, I know. I would be sick to my stomach too, Susie. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And like, you know, I think that there could be some you know, ramifications because he does a lot of like public speaking and that kind of stuff. So there is something to be said about that. And then I, when I was talking to my husband about it, he's like, yeah, I mean, she could potentially 
end up having to pay everybody's legal fees. So that is, there is that, um, so. yeah, there is that op, uh, possibility as well, but I appreciate your candor and talking to me so open about all of this, but you know what? It's so funny. I was just sitting here thinking like, God, she must get so tired of being like getting asked about. <laughs> no, but I honestly don't mind. I, I still, I, I think I feel passionate and want his side to be heard and he can't say a lot. So yeah. I'm like glad to say what I can and, and hope to keep it kind of like, I, again, I always say this, I'm like the headlines are what people read. They don't see the follow-up. And so right. I feel totally, I'm totally happy to talk about it and, and let people know that Clayton's a good person and that I think he's been wronged. Oh, well, that's so you've got the a really big heart that that really shines through. And uh, it's been 12 years since my engagement ended, and I still get asked about. I, yeah. still, I still talk about uh, I'm sure. that you're in its quarter. And so let's talk about photography and where people can find you. You're still doing uh, videography, right? For like mm-hmm. weddings. I love your content. Everybody, you must follow. Do you do TikTok? I just follow you on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I do TikTok, which is a little bit more weird than my Instagram. <laughs> Ooh, okay. That's where the, okay. Yeah. I'm going to head over there. I need to see all of that. So I want everyone to be able to find you because you can, you can book Susie for your wedding. And it seems like you've been really busy. Are you traveling a lot right now for weddings? I was, um, I feel like I just came to like a big halt, which I'm so glad for. Um, I feel like I got sick at the end. I was just doing too much. I'm like recovering, oh, no. now, but um, but yeah, I was big, booked and blessed, booked and busy. That's like a couple <laughs> You're so of months. Cute. You should oh. sell a shirt booked and blessed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's how it's felt. And I'm like, I, I don't want to complain. So I'm like, I'm so lucky. It's like, I'm grateful for all of it, but yeah, I've definitely experienced a little burnout in the last like two weeks, but, um, but yeah, I've been pretty busy with weddings and family photos and, um, I'm trying to get a little bit more into like fashion and beauty. I would love, I think I'm going to set up like a styled shoot with some of my girlfriends and do like a studio shoot and just like take photos of them and just try to like build my portfolio in that space. Um, but yeah, you can go to suzywaslike.com and there's like an inquiry, inquiry form on the media page and, um, yeah, you can book me or follow me on Instagram, Susie C. Evans or TikTok, Susie was like, um, doing YouTube now. And I would love, we kind of talked at the beginning before recording. Um, I would love to do like some kind of YouTube show or like an interview format show where I get to bring people on and like do kind of what you do a little bit. Well, Hey, if I can help out in any way, you just holler at your girl. And it was a lot to figure out in the beginning. It's a little overwhelming, but it's so much fun. And if you like, you're such a creative type, I really think you should do it. Susie, I would listen. I would tune in every week. You're so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Blech. I'm really not that. So I was a villain. I actually, I'm actually so shocked because I didn't watch that season. Like I only started watching a couple years ago, but I'm so shocked that you were a villain. Wait, can I ask you about that? Yeah. Like, how were you a villain? It was kind of crazy. I just, the girls were not, it was a different time. Like all the girls were a lot. I, I can't blame the edit because I obviously I said some sassy things, yeah. but like, I think the girls noticed right away that like he was going to pick me and mm-hmm. I had a target on my back. He didn't really do things to help me out either. There were little things like he'd always give me the rose first at the rose ceremony. And, um, but yeah, there was just a little bit of friction. One girl on the season early on went to him and said, she's not like she is around you around us. And she did the classic tattle. Of course. And- I hate the tattle. 
And then the producers told me my best friend in the house came and told me. So that just like, and I'm, I just like was seeing red and I probably should have pumped the brakes a little bit, but I was like, I want to shave her eyebrows off in the middle of the night. Like I couldn't stand the girl. But the reason why I couldn't stand her was because she kept calling me autistic on camera. Like, and I was like, oh my God, I like people would get up and walk away. Like, this is crazy that she's saying this, but they, when the show aired, they bleeped it. So it just, nobody ever knew that. Wait, and, wait are you autistic? No, I'm not, but she kept calling you autistic on yeah. camera. Yes, yes, I know. And wait, what? Does I know. know this. I've mentioned it on other podcasts, but you know, the show did a really good job of protecting her because she works in the medical fields. And obviously that's a big deal. Right. Um, and that's just like one example, but that was like, for me, I was like, I really don't like this girl. That is so inappropriate. Like that just yeah. shook me to my core. And the fact that they were bleeping it. And yeah, well, it just looks like she's like calling me calling you the B word. Yeah, exactly. So I am, that makes me mad. I'm like, <laughs> that is so messed up. They didn't do me many favors. A lot of the things that got me in trouble were voiceovers. So I always tell viewers to 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 keep note of that. And then the music playing in the background. Music. But the thing that was so weird about it is like we really connected. Like I truly think if I hadn't been the villain that we I don't know if we would I think that there were things like you like said about Clayton, like you just weren't compatible. And mm-hmm. I think we realized that pretty early on trying yeah. in the real world, but I'm glad we did. But I do think that we would have had a better shot had I not been the villain. Yeah. And like you saying, like you had regrets towards the end about how it, it aired. I did. I mean, he pretty much almost broke up with me while the show was airing because he was believing what was he was seeing. So oh my God. yeah, that was my experience, but now here I am and I'm doing a fun podcast and I get to, yeah. I love the community I've built with the, the you know, and there's some really fun opportunities. So, yeah. but I just can't wait to see what you do next. I really hope you pursue this documentary. You're the perfect person to do it. Boots on the ground. Yeah. Let me it know if you come cool. to Arizona. Yeah, actually I'll be there in a couple months for a wedding. So Maybe we we can get together. I would love that, Susie. If you have time, we could. I could take you to a, a really good shopping place here. Or I'm not yeah. drinking. I'm having a baby soon. So, but I'll take you out. So exciting! Yeah, I'm so. We can do a little shopping day. Yeah, awesome. There's a place called Last Chance here. I'll message you offline about. It. It's the only one in the country, and it's incredible. It's so affordable. Anything that gets returned to Nordstrom's in America goes to this one place. What? That's like yeah. the dream. It's like below a Nordstrom's rack, but oh. people come to Arizona just to shop there. Okay. That's really good to know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little overwhelming. So, but well, Perfect. Susie, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you and I'll hopefully I'll see you in Arizona. Yeah. I'll see you there. All right. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in and a huge thanks to Susie Evans and Dave Neal. I hope you enjoyed And I hope everybody is getting into the holiday spirit. Don't forget, the Golden Bachelor's on tomorrow. I can't wait to watch it. And I think I'm going to cry a little bit. Not going to lie. Until next time, I'm your host, Courtney Robertson. And this has been After Reality.